Oh, hi. Welcome in. You're here for the Echoplex Media Broadcast. Oh, great. Me too. Uh, my podcast, the Full Dash Closure Audiobook and Podcast, actually sponsors Echoplex Media. Yeah. We're also on, on podcatchers like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, uh, you name it. We're, we're on there. Yeah, it's about um, not just the gig economy, but corporate AI and the future of human employment and our economy. Uh, and it's it's really applicable to everybody. I think you'll be fascinated. So check it out. We've actually got uh, 14 episodes up now. So um, yeah, yeah, check that out. Let's uh, let's 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 watch Echoplex Media now. Let's see what Dave's up to. Echoplex Media, boo. I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their presses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do a thing. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I got everything I need. I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree. And I can walk down the streets after dark, no one wants to rape me. And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee. Just like my straight white male dad did to me. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I've got all the luck I need. I've got a pile of broken mirrors and I'm walking under ladders and I'm spilling tons of salt, but to me that doesn't matter because my skin and my gender and my orientation are the best things to have if you live in this nation. I recommend it highly. a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Shit's gonna work out for me Cause I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Alright hey everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree We do the show live on Twitch every Wednesday That's at 7pm Pacific Twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media You can listen to eplex.xyz too But uh, wouldn't you You would miss out on our uh, beautiful faces uh, Check out eplex.store For a way to subscribe that is much like Patreon But you also get discounts On all our merch, new merch drops this week By the way, we have a chem tanker plane Merch drop, which is The chem tanker plane is real cute and then we have some Pride merch for uh, <clears throat> Pride Month. So this will be the first podcast that actually drops during Pride Month. So happy uh, Pride to everyone except for the people who go into Target and harass the employees. Uh, fuck those people. I'm Producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder. I'm HK Perrin. You can find me on Mastodon at hperrin at port87.social. And uh, that's my pink blahai. Oh, well, that's that's adorable. <laughs> that's adorable. So. 
we did uh the last time we uh had, had an encounter with michael Shermer, it wasn't great <laughs> i'm just gonna say that <laughs> yeah no kidding you were in the chat and you're like why am i in the chat <laughs> everything like was, you ended that real quick everything I was mean, kind, for good reason everything was kind of going <laughs> as you'd expect it to with michael Shermer. a little bit of self-important stuff a little bit of him speaking outside of his limited area of expertise then all of a sudden he's like oh this person included the n-word in what they wrote so i'm just going to say the n-word about five times like on youtube and <laughs> yep I don't think that's likely here. Uh, he went on trigonometry, and I think the the posh British lads of trigonometry would not be very interested at all in somebody dropping the n bomb on their on their show. They would let someone uh, posit the Great Replacement conspiracy theory, though. Just no n bombs. Yep. So here's a conspiracy expert, which also we've we'll get to it in a little bit. But every time we've seen Shermer talk about conspiracism, it's come to my attention that i fucking understand a lot more about conspiracism and conspiracy communities especially online than he does his understanding of it is from like 2005 but this is a conspiracy expert hmm. how to spot a true conspiracy theory michael Shermer on uh on the trigonometry podcast uh with a host who certainly did not uh add this to his uh stand-up routine <laughs> That is not a laugh track that uh, that Constantine added to his stand up on YouTube. So in this, Michael Shermer is the one being called a conspiracy expert. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Hello and welcome. Hi, non Oliver. I'm Francis Foster. I'm Constantine Kisson. And this is a show for you if you want honest conversations. Wait, Both of their names are alliterations. I actually kind of like that. Our guest today is a skeptic in chief and the author of many, many books, including his latest one, which is called Conspiracy, Why the Rational Believe the Irrational. Michael Shermer, welcome back to Trigonometry. Gentlemen, it's nice to be back. Am I your returning champion? <laughs> you absolutely are. Hey, that's what I call people that come back to my, come to my show, but nobody else comes on and asks for that, uh, for that <laughs> moniker. <laughs> Uh, you know, some people put up their own book behind them. It's fine. You're totally allowed to put up your own book behind you. He put up a fucking stack of his own book behind him. Possibly five feet of his own book. <laughs> For those people who didn't catch the first interview, just tell everybody, remind everybody, who are you? Uh, oh. What do you do? What's been yeah. your journey through life? I'm an accused sexual assaulter who, instead of just denying the claims, went running to Sargon of Akkad. Sure. Thank you. Let me uh, introduce my day job, which is publishing this magazine, Skeptic Magazine. We take. Oh, 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 no, no, not that. Oh, not boy. That. No, no, no. That's the last video we watched was about that, that, that installment of your fucking magazine, dude. No, 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 no. Uh, trans. Oh, no, that one probably really sucks, too. Oh, no. Famously, it's gonna be tough. Famously, his skeptic magazine didn't publish shit about QAnon until like it was so late in the game that most people had given up on like QAnon. 
portion or the last three issues of this year the fourth sounds like the, the average year. trigonometry episode yeah, keep, michael keeping yeah, exactly. it low key there my friend <laughs> that's right no you guys are you guys are my inspiration for doing this <laughs> well i mean we've been in business 30 years um publishing starting in 1992 mostly we uh, we focused on um science and pseudoscience and the paranormal the supernatural conspiracy theories aliens ufos bigfoot you know astrology psychics talking to the dead and so on but you can only debunk those things so uh, many times before it gets redundant so we you know kind of branching out into more controversial subjects like the ones i just introduced the next issue comes out next week is on nationalism and then next year we're doing stuff on money matters economics you know crypto nationalism the whole uh, the whole the whole magazine is just going to be 14 words all that stuff also mental health you know there's recent studies showing that uh you know like psycho uh, psychiatric um, medications appear to do very little for things like depression oh that's great you're going to consult Scientology for your uh, magazine on uh, mental health. Then, very good. Be nothing, uh, and so on. So, what's the you know status of that? You know, so those kinds of subjects that I think have more global and uh, you know large larger cultural implications. So that's my day job. And I write books, you know, there's conspiracy is my 15th book. And because I enjoy writing and and then uh, and then I talk to people like you. <laughs> mm. Well, Michael, it's good to have you back on the show and, and quite timely as well, because I think it's fair to say that whatever your view of conspiracy or conspiracy theories or whatever it is, we've never had more of them around. We've never had more of them in our faces. And do you think that's not true? Because we, yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. I think that like, I think that the, again, like, I think that it's just that they've gone mainstream in a lot of ways, unlike before. Yeah, and uh, to a certain extent, there were conspiracies that were mainstream before, but now it seems like there are a lot that have gone mainstream, whereas it used to kind of be just like one would go mainstream. But like, conspiracy theories have been around forever. As long as people have been around. Reminded, or we just have way more access to information now. And some of them turn out to be true, and then those things are just conspiracies. Uh, the latter. <laughs> There's a whole class of crime associated with that. Conspiracy theories a hundred years ago as there are now. It's just that they, they diffuse through culture much more quickly now because of social media. So if you look at, uh, like, there's data collected about uh, uh, letters to the New York Times in the, like, 1890s to the 1970s. And you can see there's plenty of conspiracy theories even, you know, a century ago about what the Mormons are doing or the Catholics are doing or the Jews, of course, always. Um, and, Can't trust and any of them. It, <laughs> You know, and the influence on American elections or the First World War was just... You know, I think there was a famous war that was uh, based on a conspiracy theory, essentially. To start. You know, I have a whole chapter on this in, in Conspiracy on the, the assassination of Franz Ferdinand that, that started the First World War. That was a conspiracy. But then there were layers and layers of conspiracy theories... Some true, some not on top of that. So that's not new. You know, you can go all the way back to the burning of Rome, uh, you know, with Nero being accused of letting it happen on purpose or making it happen on purpose. You know, so wherever there's power, where somebody has a lot of power and money and influence and other people don't, then the people that don't are very suspicious of the people that do have power. Mm. And for good reason. Really, this is what I call constructive conspiracism. A lot of times when people get in power, they get corrupt, believe it or not. <laughs> like like Sam Bankman-Fried, you know, what happens? This guy seemed like the, you know, the nerdiest, nicest guy in the world. You know, we're going to change the world. And That's his example. And like, 
a lot of people were skeptical of that guy because he was a crypto bro, just like on the fucking crypt, just on the basis <laughs> of him being like running a crypto company. I was, I didn't know much about him, but they're like, Hey, there's this guy running a crypto company also claiming to be a philanthropist. I'm like, yeah, all right, sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. 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 He's not just a con artist that that's, that's impossible. <laughs> all right. Long-termism, oh my God, this is going to change humanity, and then all of a sudden he's arrested for fraud. Okay, so something happens, you know, when you get into power. So people see that and reasonably think, you know what, I'm not sure I trust authorities, agencies, corporations, people that are billionaires. I don't know if I trust them, and that's not irrational. Mm. I mean, it I is like unethical to have a billion dollars, so I don't trust billionaires even if they are otherwise good people because you have to be a bad person to have a billion dollars right right i don't uh, this is we're gonna end up in narnia here but yeah if you have that kind of money and you don't give away enough of it to where you're down to like 40 million you're a monster i was curious yep. to hear your take on is uh we've obviously lived through a time when there's been a lot of fear uh there's been a lot of power being aggregated into the hands of public officials and politicians and so on. And they've been wielding that power. You may agree or disagree with them doing it, but they have been. Uh, people's mm -hmm. lives were changed in many cases irrevocably by the pandemic and the response to it. Well, what the fuck do you think a pandemic was going to do? Not change a bunch of people's lives? <laughs> Seriously. Like, like, what did, like, this contrarianism shit about the pandemic drives me crazy, right? Because they're like, well, everybody's everybody. All these institutions are incompetent, but why didn't they not fucking do everything perfectly? It's like, well, make up your mind. I mean, the alternative is just say, all right, we'll just let a bunch of people die. Fuck it. Whatever. Um, and I'm sure they would have had a problem with that, too. Well, my my thing is, like, again, it. I, I, I'm not going to get into whether or not all these different things were effective or whether not doing anything would have been more effective, but the, the, the conspiracists, the, the heterodox minds here are like, on one hand, these institutions have been captured by people with bad incentives. And on the other hand, why didn't they do exactly what I thought they should do? And it's like, well, motherfucker, pick one. You can't <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you can, but then I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to be inclined to call you a dumb fuck. Because, like, what you're saying doesn't even make sense on its own terms anymore. Seen uh, a rise in constructive conspiracism or unconstructive conspiracism during these last three years. Have you? Is there anything you've noticed during this time? Uh, well, of course. Uh, so you triggered. You, you touched on a couple of things that are triggered. We'll say uh, <laughs> of causes of conspiracism, which is he's like, well, I'm really good friends with Brett and Heather, and that raises a real big problem for me. Anytime, anytime there's a, a major upheaval, social or, or political mm. or economic or whatever, and we got all of it with the pandemic. Uh, I mean, you have political up, you know, up, uh, upheavals and economic recessions and, and so on. And also, you know, government's just printing money and handing it out. Uh, I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on there. Uncertainty, nobody knows, you know, to give, to give some slack to uh, Anthony Fauci and the CDC and other. The government's just printing money and handing it out. Does he mean loans? Well, some of it was stimulus, but a lot of it was, yeah, PPP loans that they then forgave for organizations such as the cult of Scientology. I wonder if Skeptic Magazine got a PPP loan. I'll give you that. Uh, they they did forgive the loans, but uh, also that money comes from taxes. I mean, the government does print money and give it away, but they do that to banks, not to people. 
around the world. Right. And on the rare occasion, they do give it to people like with the stimulus. These people are like, oh, the government's just printing money and giving it away. And it's like, all right, dude. <laughs> In the spring of 2020, exactly what was going to happen? What would the death rate be of the SARS-CoV-2 virus and COVID-19 disease of it? It you know, could have been like Ebola. It could have been worse. And I'm fond of uh, reminding people AIDS, HIV was 100% fatal until the drug cocktails in the late 90s. 100%. Right. So, you know, we don't know. Could be like that. Could be like Ebola. Could be like the common flu. Just nobody knew. So under uncertainty, um, you know, public officials are going to err on the side of caution, the precautionary principle, just in case. So it's a signal detection problem. If I miss it, if I do a false positive, I think the information indicates that nothing to worry about. Let's just continue on business as usual. What if it turns out it's a it's a catastrophic plague, then that's on you. You know, millions and millions and you know, tens of millions of people die. Wow. As opposed to, well, let's lock down and just in case and it turns out it wasn't that bad. Well, you know, the long-term consequences we're seeing now, you know, education levels have been hit hard on kids and, you know, the economy. He's saying it wasn't that bad, but it, it killed millions of people in the U.S. I mean, and does like, it? It kind of depends more outside the U.S. It kind of depends on who you consider people because it, it it there was a bit of a, a socioeconomic uh, bent to who it was killing. Right. And like that's true. And the elderly, it was killing the elderly and the, the and pe- and a lot of people who had to work at like jobs where you interact with people like uh, the, we called them frontline workers for a minute. And not for nothing yet. Chats like us, it's still killing people. It's just that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just depends. I don't know. Who do you consider people? I mean, with Michael Shermer and with trigonometry, the, the, the pie, the pie, the, the, the slice of the pie that gets considered people seems to be ever shrinking. Like I was, I was almost about to agree with him. And then he's just saying like, oh, but we overreacted and it was nothing. Fuck you. It wasn't nothing. It killed millions of people. And <clears throat> like, to the extent, again, the the people now the people who suffered under the uh, like stay at home orders, the education again that was more often than not due to socioeconomic status. Uh, kids of richer parents did a lot better than kids of poorer parents, like because they had better access to internet, probably out of you know a, a modern computer, didn't have to rely on the one that the school gave them, those kinds of things. And he's also bringing up like now we're seeing the effects of it and like, yes, there are effects of it. Uh, For example, kids who had to do homeschooling through the the whole transition or not homeschooling, but uh, you know, I mean, school at home through the whole transition where they're, you know, taking their classes on Zoom. uh, They typically did worse than uh, kids present in class, but if the alternative is just let more people die. I don't think we did the wrong thing. It's fine if kids don't do quite as well this year, if it means that millions fewer people die. Right. People can catch up. All kinds of things have in the past caused like we don't we don't say that we overreacted to the earthquake if it keeps kids out of school. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, it knocked down everybody's house. So pe- some of those kids couldn't go to school for a while. Like, you know, we don't say we overreacted to the fucking tornado. If like if kids miss like yeah. six weeks of school or whatever, you know what I'm saying? We never say that or about we anything else. We overreacted to the blizzard with by giving the kids a snow day. 
Yeah, like people in chat are like, you know what, you know what's hard, to, you know what does makes it real hard to do well in class if you die, or what if grandma dies and grandma was your care, your primary caregiver? Yeah, yeah. Or even you just really loved your grandma, and now you're gonna have a hard time in school this year because you're, you know, suffering from grief. Like, there's all kinds of yeah. We don't know. This is like Monday morning quarterbacking, and you would think that a skeptic would know that this is bad. Yep. <laughs> It's not even good Monday morning quarterbacking. Like it's a it's a counter like it's basically basically arguing against a counterfactual. We don't know what would have happened. We don't know like if if there would have been no pandemic, would there have been some dip in uh, educational performance otherwise? We don't we just don't know. Yeah. I I don't think there's reason to believe that there would have been, but there's no way to know. <sighs> Anyway, with a recession, inflation, and so on, that may be the long-term consequences of well, making that other Michael, kind of I'm error. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt, but there's also excess deaths. We have excess deaths in this country at the moment as well. And I mm -hmm. think your argument should be a little bit more sophisticated than that because I agree with you in spring. Oh, oh no, he's feeding him. He's like, you actually need to say this. Twenty, we had no idea, and at that time, Francis, myself, everybody I knew, frankly, supported the lockdown. But there were other opportunities later when we knew more about the virus, mm -hmm. which is where people, uh, I think, are asking legitimate questions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think it was clear maybe, say, mid-2021, summer of 2021, when mm -hmm. uh, the lockdowns were probably not necessary. You know, the uh, obsessive masking and social distancing. Obsessive masking? Does that mean putting one on? <laughs> yeah. Like, I still wear a mask. I, it doesn't I'll, hurt me at all. And it doesn't hurt anyone else either. I'll cop to not wearing one to the taqueria, but if I go somewhere that everyone has to go, like the grocery store, the post office, yeah, I wear a mask at those places. And I'm the sometimes the only motherfucker there with a mask on, but it does say the roughies on it. So <laughs> I think that seems clear now in hindsight. Maybe not at 2021, but I, I mean, know, it seems clear to some of us. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know so, what was really nice about the mask? Uh, every single year of my adult life, I have gotten sick, except 2020 and 2021. Uh, or I think I got COVID at the end of, uh, no, that was 2022. Uh, but yeah, 2020 and 2021, I did not have the cold and I did not have the flu. And so the first uh, two years of my adult life that I haven't gotten sick. And it's so, because everyone was wearing a mask. So I know that this isn't about you, but we're hearing from chat that in 2021, that was the year with, with the most death, deaths, actually. Yes, but I'm talking about yourself. Spreading yes. communicable diseases is prevented by masks. Yeah. Oh, Take my anecdote as data. During, during flu season, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if people ran around wearing masks. I think they do it in parts of I think it's just commonplace in parts of Asia already during flu season. Yep. Can we make that catch on here? I really liked not being sick. I, I mean, it seems clear to some of us. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, you know, politicians, again, you're the mayor of the town. You're the governor of the state. You're the president of the country or whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, they stick a microphone in your face and go, all right, what should we do? You know, and, and again, your job is to, you know, minimize harm in the short run, right? Maybe, you know, 10 years from now, it's going to look like this was a big mistake, but what do you care? Mm. <laughs> Most people in power are only in power for a few years, so they're going to err on the other side. Well, wearing masks and staying home to the extent that's possible is a big mistake in 10 years. 
that doesn't hurt anyone. I I have no idea what he's talking about. The fucking Cuban Missile Crisis or some shit. But all you got to do is sit at home and play GTA. Like I think that's a problem. I think you know the long term thinking and planning is probably better once we know. Anyway, so I, I, I I'm I'm leaning toward you on that. Also, the lab leak hypothesis to me has always been a viable conspiracy theory here uh, here in my book i i try to debunk the idea that a conspiracy theory should be a pejorative it's not conspiracy theories are just theories about what could be a real conspiracy. well no they're fucking their hypotheses or guesses or in a lot of cases grifts <laughs> yep yeah the problem is the damage that they do and and he's like oh the lab leak the theory or whatever is is like is a viable theory but like the problem with the problem with this is the people who believe in it are just like substackers, right? There's like the, what happens is people who are involved in like infectious disease specialists, immunologists, virologists, um, epidemiologists, they go, why, while we cannot, you know, just summarily write off the notion that this was leaked from a lab, the, they, the fucking conspiracy theorists just take that part and go, look, they believe it too, but they don't, they don't, they don't tell you what's in the rest of the article that they just, they just presented all the reasons that it probably isn't. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, it's like that meme from dumb and dumber where the girl goes like, uh, she says something about like one in a million or something. And, and he goes, so you're saying there's a chance. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's fine. It's fine if you want to believe this, but like, don't act like, well, you can, you can act like whatever you want, but like acting like I'm an idiot or that I'm like that, that I'm, yeah, that I'm an idiot because I am just going with what the overwhelming consensus among experts is. This is like saying like, I just, I, I keep bringing this up all the time. Is there any alternative plumbing or do you just call a plumber when shit is coming out of your toilet? <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you call a substacker or do you call a plumber? I'm going to start an alternative plumbing company. <laughs> Instead of metal, we make the pipes out of styrofoam. Oh, and you it's just, great. you just tell, and you don't show up actually. Just don't show up. Be like, you don't need me. I'm a plumber. Sense make on it. And some of them are true. A lot of them are true. So we should just stop treating it in a negative way. And, and instead think of like the lab leak hypothesis as legitimate just in case because now it looks like at least 50% probability no but according to who that's just because that's because of your media diet Shermer. your media diet is a bunch of substackers and heterodoxers and fucking people like trigonometry and brett and heather yeah of the experts i have never seen anyone say that there's a 50% chance that it came from a lab Right. They just say that we can't universally like write off the idea that that's because they're doing their job as a science communicator and telling you the truth. Yeah. My God. No, it's not. It's not 50 50. This is you're dumb. Michael Sturmer is dumb, but it's motivated reasoning, right? Because he's he sees which way the wind is blowing with the so-called skeptic community, right? It was like when the um, atheist community and kind of the YouTube skeptics right around the <clears throat> right or, like after 
after it kind of stopped being interesting to debunk Jesus, because really, was that really it? Oh, you figured out the answer to the dumbest question in the world. Congratulations. But like, like after that stopped being interesting, a lot of those people ended up being like men's rights activists and involved in Gamergate because they saw which way the wind was blowing. And if they wanted to keep growing their subscriber base, like on YouTube or for their blog or their podcast or whatever, they had to delve into the culture war. And at that point, it, for them, because it was all dudes, it had to be men's rights activism. And now, because just because of the way the fucking wind is blowing in the discourse for somebody like Shermer, he has to actually kind of go into conspiracism or he's not going to be taken seriously by the so-called heterodox people who's by all by all accounts, someone like him shouldn't even be courting those people's fucking eyeballs. Right. Mm hmm. Ah, oh, man. That, uh, that the SARS-CoV-2 was leaked out of a lab versus the zoonomic uh, hypothesis. Zoonomic? It's zoonotic, sir. I, I Listen, I hate to be that guy, but if you're going to come up here and try to tell me you're a science guy and I know how to say a word that you don't know how to say related, zoonomic, it sounds like <laughs> astronomic. Funkonomic. Zoonometry. It's, it's zoonometry. It's 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 count. It's fuck. It's fucking counting wombats. Of course, it's going to the zoo with a big old measuring tape. And the entire situation is <laughs> trying to figure out how tall the giraffe is. Takes actions where they censor people. And doesn't this just fuel people's conspiracy theories? Yeah, for sure. The moment you start censoring speech, people automatically think, why am I not being allowed to hear this? I want to see this. I want to read it for myself. And so you get what's called a Streisand effect, a backfire effect, where, you know, the attempt to censor it, this comes from... Tell me when the government censored it. Well, no, and to be fair, like, the lab leak stuff was never really censored either. It was always very popular. How the fuck... Yeah, tell, show me a, a single example of the government censoring That's, someone's speech I over mean, this. HK, let's, let's, they're, they're not saying it. the government was doing this. I think that's what he's saying. No, they're saying that they're saying that social media was doing it. I'm again, I get, I get the emails, not you. They're not going to say the government was doing it. Okay, well, it's Twitter's right to to ban someone for spreading conspiracy theories. But also it was never banned. It was like incredibly yeah, popular. <laughs> Have a photograph of her house in Malibu taken from a boat. Uh, mm. censored, taken off this webpage. And I think at the time she filed the suit, uh, maybe 12 people had seen this picture of her house. After she filed the lawsuit, it was like downloaded 400,000 times in a week, <laughs> right? So you know, be careful about what you call attention to. We don't want you to see this. Oh, okay. Uh, in that case, I want to see it. And, you know, so I'm a pr pretty strong free speech fundamentalist. You know, just let mm. everybody have their say, you know, let Trump back on social media. I want to know what he's thinking. You know, I'm not a Trump fan to say the least, but uh, if he's influential and he's tweeting it, you know, he's putting stuff out to the public at three in the morning. I want to know what that is, you know, just in case. Right. So I don't want some tech. Would he say the same thing about Charles Manson? Probably. Okay. Well, <laughs> He and I disagree. I think if you incite violence, you should not be in the the public view. And both Charles Manson and Trump incited violence. Uh, threads telling me what I can and cannot see. You know, I know there's exceptions. You know, should we let ISIS on there to recruit, you know, members to become terror? No, 
All right. No, okay, those are brown people act after all. Nuclear codes. Okay, so he's he's not in favor of free speech. Okay. Right, he's so, in, free speech. What depends. the fuck? What is he arguing about then? No, he thinks people deserve the right to free speech. I think it's just a matter of who you think are people. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, he was, uh, he was from new you know, atheism. He, just, so he, he was from new atheism. So do you do you do you think he's got a lot of think he thinks a lot of Muslims are people? Uh, I think you are absolutely right, but you know, he, he just made the argument of just let the arguments go out. Just, you know, don't, don't block any arguments. Don't say this shouldn't be allowed on there or else everyone's going to go, Oh, what, what's going on there? And then he's saying, yeah, but we should kick off ISIS. Like, so everyone's just going to go, Oh, there must be something to ISIS. Let me go research ISIS. Like, no. First of all, his first argument was bullshit. Second of all, he just contradicted his argument, his own argument. And I would I would suggest to you that the anti-vaccine movement in America has a higher body count than any uh, foreign terrorist organization does. Uh, I think the, the organization with the highest body count is probably the CIA. Well, that's again, it depends who you consider to be people, HK. Oh, right. There's some obvious ones like that. But, you know, really, how harmful are are these kinds of uh, people that are on there and the hypocrisy? Right. So Barry Weiss posted that one of, you know, the the decisions to kick Trump off uh, Twitter was pretty questionable. Right. They went back and forth for days and finally decided to kick him off. In the meantime, you have, uh, you know, these people in Iran posting things about uh, uh, Israel. Oh, well, you know, we should just take Israel right off the map because of the Jews. And that gets posted and no one says, hey, well, maybe that should be censored. So it, I think when people see that hypocrisy, they think, you know, this, this is not right. Look, Michael, I agree with you broadly. However, there are more complex cases than the ones that you've just cited. What about Alex Jones, for instance? Mm. Doesn't Alex Jones deserve a platform? But he spouts conspiracy theories, as in the case of Sandy Hook, which are very real, very dangerous, and people could have been killed. Well, you know why Alex Jones hasn't been invited back to Twitter? Do you do you know why, HK? Uh I think he has beef with Elon Musk, right? Yep. He's talked so much shit about Elon Musk that Elon Musk is probably just not gonna let him back on. <laughs> it's not some <laughs> fucking it's not some fucking I guarantee it's not some fucking like, okay, well I draw the line here. Nah. He let the guy that yeah, runs no. Stormfront back on for fuck's sake. <laughs> Elon Musk doesn't have a line. It's right. all case by case. If you agree with what Elon Musk says and you lick his boots, you're fine. But if you don't do yeah. either of those things, you're not allowed on Twitter. Conflicted about that. I'm not an Alex Jones fan, to say the least. <laughs> and I've <laughs> spent years debunking him. Um, Did why you? Is he responsible for what his lunatic wackadoodle followers do? Why aren't they responsible? Hmm. I only know of one case of a woman who actually went into somebody's house or was on their lawn or something who was convicted for uh, harassing somebody at their home. The other uh, family members were harassed by these people. I guess they were out on the public street. So it's harder to, you know, to, to, to file charges against them for harassment. If you're you know on a public ground, something like that. Well, you know what, Shermer, a court of law disagreed with you about a billion dollars percent, whatever percent a billion dollars is <laughs> nearly a billion dollars. Yeah, okay. So so I think Michael Shermer is in favor of repealing defamation laws. 
Oh, and in the United States too. It's ve- that's a tough. You know what I'm saying? Like defamation and libel in the United States are a real high, high, uh, high hill to climb. Yeah, I think that's what he's saying. He's saying you should be allowed to that's- say literally anything about literally anyone, uh, regardless of the effects. Which is why I'm always like alleged sexual assaulter Michael Shermer. Because if I just take off that word alleged, he would never sue a rich person who. Uh, who kept saying that about him, right? Like if we were famous and I just kept saying that about him, oh, he wouldn't send lawyers after us, right? <laughs> yeah. But it brings uh, up the larger subject of he's he definitely strikes me as the guy who's like he who's who's very uh, you know, very uh uh what do you call it? He's he's got very strong principles. He's very principled about this this topic. Until he's in the crosshairs, then all his principles go out the door for harassment. If you're, you know, on a public ground, something like that. But it brings up the larger subject of to what extent does somebody's words mm. make somebody do something that they would not otherwise have done? Like Trump's speech on January sixth that morning. We literally have a crime for that. Like, there's a name of a crime for that. It's conspiracy to commit. You know, anything <laughs> like it's a right. number of crimes, right? The, yes. Conspiracy oh. to commit murder, conspiracy to commit fraud, conspiracy Those. to to like it's a an entire class of crimes. How does he not know this? Right. Those are all most it's mostly words. You a lot of times to be convicted, though, you when you when you end up getting caught is when you take one of the actions, they find out that you've said the words to other people and they're like, oh, well, this this was you planning to do a crime. We caught you before you actually completed the crime, but by plotting to com- by plotting the crime, you have uh, committed a crime. Yeah, conspiracy. There's a r- racketeering. The RICO Act is all about fucking what you say to each other. Like, yep, yeah. How does this guy not know this? And is he stupid or is he grifting? He, I think he just sees which way the wind's blowing and he, he's not, it, he's grifting. I think, okay. he, yeah, it, 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 you'd think it would be enough that he's the head of skeptic magazine, that he's got subscribers and that he's a professor at a university and that he's probably got a, a nice house and all this money from all these books. You'd think that would be enough. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he doesn't just see the way, which way is the winds blowing who your peer group is a powerful influencer on you. You know, these people are all like, Oh, I'm not part of a tribe or whatever. Oh, bull fucking shit. These people are all part of the same tribe. This is one of the things that our, our friends, one of our uh, frequent intellectual dollar tree flyers, Sam Harris struggles with constantly is watching the members of his tribe go potato and he's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that happened. And, he's, and it's like, motherfucker, everybody else told you that guy was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Told by uh, First Amendment attorneys that it's a very high bar to meet, to connect yes. words to actions, your words to somebody else's actions. Yes. And that, you know, uh, and that probably you cannot convict Trump for causing the January 6th insurrection uh, directly because of his words. Or just to go back in time, Manson, Charlie Manson, telling his followers, his cult. Oh, that was a little easier. Go to the Tate LaBianca homes and murder their, those people, uh, Sharon Tate and so forth. And they did. He wasn't even there. 
uh, and he got convicted for first degree murder mm. by Vincent Bugliosi, and who famously also got the. Okay, so he does know that it is <laughs> illegal to conspire to commit murder. What it, he what does I want know to know that. though, HK, is he does he think it was wrong that Charlie Manson got convicted of murder? <laughs> like, yeah, we don't is even, is he arguing against? Well, we'll find out. Like, is he arguing to repeal conspiracy to commit murder laws? We'll find out. Convicted. So uh, it's an interesting case of, you know, free will. Uh, to what extent uh, are you unduly influenced by somebody else? It's a hard uh, psychological problem to solve, you know, that you made these people do this. Um, I was just binge watching this Netflix series called Don't Pick Up the Phone. I don't know if you remember these cases, but this was a, a, a prank caller to a McDonald's who got the manager to strip search one of the young female employees in the back office. And the whole thing is recorded on a CCTV video. And this guy is just a just some nobody at a payphone. This is like in 1999, 2000 time frame, um, who somehow managed to keep this manager on the phone for three hours strip searching this woman she's completely naked she's doing jumping jacks and jumping up and down naked so that the money she allegedly stole would fall out of her body parts or something i mean it's just insane and <laughs> how is it that somebody could do that uh, from a payphone you know and just say i'm a cop and here's what you're gonna do and that the listeners don't go hey hang on for a second you want me to strip this does he down? think that should be legal i also like he's <clears throat> Is he watching? He's got to be watching like a fictionalized account of like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's on Netflix. That, did you look into the story further, Mr. Skeptic? Even if it's real, does he think that should be legal? Um, Like, is, is he saying the onus is on someone else to disbelieve everything they hear? I, I don't know. I mean, is, is it? Is it illegal to uh, to commit fraud against investors? Is it illegal to lie to your investors and say, "Oh yeah, this is you know this is the report of my company's earnings." You want to invest some more money, and do your do your investors then have to disbelieve you and say, "I don't believe you actually earned that much money." Well, it depends. Actually, are you are your investors rich or uh, working class? If they're working class buyer beware if they're rich well then you're gonna get fucked over for fraud defrauding them i mean <laughs> <laughs> yep you'll be going to prison for 11 years just like uh just like elizabeth holmes right right and a uh, shout out to elizabeth holmes for uh defrauding um henry kissinger <laughs> <laughs> that's the only that's the only based thing about the whole thing is she defrauded henry kissinger but like i just wonder if this happened like the way that he you know what i'm saying it it's 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 like a netflix series so I just wonder if he looked into this any deeper to find out what was going on. Like, was this maybe not the first time this person had done something like that? And that's how they got, how they went down because of a pattern of behavior. And we never really found out from him if he thought it was wrong that Charlie Manson got convicted. He's just like, oh, that's a funny thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny thing, isn't it? So I'm, I'm thinking now that he also thinks that fraud should be legal. So I, fraud should be legal. Conspiracy to commit murder should be legal. And uh, what was the other thing he thinks defamation. should be legal? Defamation should be legal. I think he thinks all three of these things should be legal. And these are weird examples. At least that's the impression he's giving off. And these are examples he picked of his own free will, if to the extent that we believe in free will. <laughs> I don't want to get into that, right? But like he picked these examples himself. He wasn't prompted on any of this. Yeah. Uh, and if the guy's pretending to be a cop, 
Uh, that's impersonating an officer of the law. Right. Which is also a crime. So I think Except he's, on Halloween. He's <laughs> slutty cop, fine. Uh, Non-slutty cop, that might be a crime. <laughs> oh, and strippers can uh, pretend so I to think be cops he thinks too. Also, that should be legal. Jumping, this is not right. And yet, somehow this happened like 68 times in the course of a decade. Um, so well, if the guy did it 68 times, then yeah, he should go to probably do some jail time for it. To what extent are we truly free or other people can make us do things? So that's kind of what you're getting at there. You know, yeah. should we hold Alex Jones responsible? Maybe. But again, I first of all, he does have a platform, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Kanye West and, and uh, the other guy, <laughs> the, the uh, Nick, Nick Fuentes, were just mm-hmm. on a show. He still has a master. Dude, you've said the N-word in the last month more than Nick Fuentes has. <laughs> guaranteed probably yep <laughs> see uh two episodes ago <laughs> and i stopped i don't have any idea how many more times he said it after i fucking cut the shit off <laughs> probably at least a dozen oh so he's not the government did not go in and shut him down private platform said we're not going to have you on anymore would i have done that if i owned twitter probably not um he was successfully sued Right, but that was again a private party. The government owns the courts, though. And Michael Shermer's like, if I own Twitter, would I have done that? The problem is, even the Twitter files showed that there was like vigorous debate inside of Twitter with people who thought, like for Trump, for example, that they thought, oh, we shouldn't get rid of him, or we should. So I'm imagining for Alex Jones, it was the same thing. The re- you know how you know why he eventually got kicked off of fucking Twitter? Huh? Uh, he harassed Jack Dorsey in Washington D.C. when Jack Dorsey was about to. Uh, testify uh, in washington dc the fucking next day jack dorsey kicked him off of twitter so he's had beef had beef with both owners of twitter well yeah yeah he also but like this is one of the twitter was the last place that he was and he didn't get kicked off until he in person confronted jack dorsey in an aggressive way and then he got kicked off of twitter i don't know what to tell these people like rich and powerful people they got, they got egos buddy i don't know what else to tell you like what this lunatic is is thinking and i tend to have more faith in in people that they may be unduly confident in people's rationality um i know some people are more influential than others jones is apparently one of them but how is that different from rush limbaugh rambling on about you know or sean hannity or tucker carlson or any of those rambling mm-hmm. on about you know the left the liberals the libtards you know and they go on and on they don't use that terminology generally and people are definitely influenced by that to the extent that they just hate liberals they hate democrats you know they're- but alex jones was talking about specific people saying that they were lying about their kids being killed in a mass shooting and that's why he got kicked. That's why he got kicked off of the platforms. Mostly there was other stuff too. Uh, probably pressure from investors related to that and other stuff. And then why he lost all that money was because a couple of his parents got together and were like, you know what? Fuck around and find out Alex. <laughs> they're, they're satanic evil people. You know, it's, it, this is not the politics of old. Why are Hannity and Carlson and Ingram and, the Rush Limbaugh radio people of the world. Rush Limbaugh dead. Being censored or kicked off platforms for their... Rush, yeah, Rush Limbaugh's about as censored as oh, you can be. Surely- <laughs> the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper <laughs> doesn't unban you. 
isn't <laughs> on these platforms under a huge amount of pressure. Like if you remember during the very start of the pandemic, David Icke, uh, the, some would say the original and the best, uh, you copied <laughs> yes. him. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. doing these interviews about, you know, 5G causing COVID. And it was being, it was, it was being, uh, it was platformed on YouTube. It was watched by millions of people. And that creates a very real problem. And it creates a very, very real problem for YouTube, for example, where people are saying to them, how can you being, be, how are you allowing this to be broadcast on your platform? Surely they're in an untenable position. They have to get rid of him. Maybe. Yes. Uh, I mean, I know David Ike. Uh, I don't know him personally, but <laughs> I've been following him for 25 years. I mean, he's been he's been doing this for a long time. I guess he's more influential now, I suppose, because of social media, YouTube and so on. Um, what to do about it? You know, again, this is slightly different than it used to be because, you know, the New York Times is not going to interview him every day uh, mm. or the Wall Street Journal or uh, NBC, CBS, uh, ABC and so on. Uh, YouTube is a different, you know, so social media platforms. Again, you know, you know, this debate, you know, to what extent are, they you know, just, he uh, uh, like the he's not bringing up a good point, but he's reminding me of a point that I would like to make uh, where if you had asked back in like, you know, 1990 before any social media existed, if you had asked, hey, should every crazy person in the entire world be allowed to broadcast their opinion right in the New York Times, people would obviously say no. Right? And it was it was because that's where people got their news. People got their news from the New York Times. So the New York Times had a responsibility to deliver accurate news. And for the most part, news organizations did deliver accurate news. There were a lot of times that they didn't, but let's not go into that. Uh, but nowadays, you know, if you look at the New York Times, they still have that that responsibility of not publishing everything everyone sends them. And yet places like Facebook get away with, you know, pushing like the Daily Wire out to literally fucking everyone. Like you go on Facebook, you're probably going to see the Daily Wire or some other like conservative outlet that is not fucking news. Or you're going to see some crazy person going viral posting some like derogatory video. So and the the thing is that's where people are getting their news now. You know, I hate to say it, but like our society is a bit broken right now. We don't understand what news is anymore. Like people get their news from Facebook and it's not news. It's just angertainment. So, uh, at, you know, I don't want to get too far, too far out here. <clears throat> what happened, what, what, what happened is, is from the jump, these organizations, be they Infowars or, you know, Daily Wire or, you know, even uh, Michael Shermer's friends, uh, Brett and Heather, they're not really playing the game. They're playing the ref. They're like, oh, I'm going to get censored. YouTube's going to censor me. So that's like, it's like, you know, that's, it's, they're playing the ref. They're already whining to the referee basically before the game starts. And that's what they've been doing mm -hmm. the whole time. And it's been effective. Yep. So yeah, that's, it's been working. They've been crying censorship the whole fucking time. 
even before social media, they were crying censorship, yelling about the liberal media and shit. They've been doing it the whole time and it works. So I don't know, like, what's the problem? This strategy is working. Why are you so mad? Public square. You know, this is just a public space. Yeah. And honestly, if you want to talk about like actual censorship, like go on to YouTube and look for things that criticize like the United States government. Like you might find some, but there's not a lot like channels that heavily criticize the United States government do not get popular on social media. Hyde Park, period. London. Just go there with your bullhorn and, and say whatever you want and people can listen to you or not. And is it more like that? So as you know, the- so the difference is in the public square, the, the consequences of going out there and for example, saying the N word a bunch of times, those consequences can be a bit unpredictable. So depending on which public square you're at and which city, you know, you might, you know, you might, you might have a real bad day. So obviously there's a difference between Twitter or YouTube and the public square. Like nobody, like anybody who thinks that these are just people who don't go to the public square. Nobody's even going to hear you in the public square. Sometimes in the public square, you're not even allowed to bring a megaphone. They'll arrest you. Use noise. You're fucking disturbing the peace at that point. Like, <sighs> there's you know there's probably going to be some lawsuits and major congressional debates about whether these companies should be broken up or more regulated. Because of that, uh, they're claiming we're just like the phone company. So if I'm on the phone with you and I and I libel you, you can't sue AT and T, my phone company. Or is it Sprint? Well, I forget what my phone company is, but you know they're just a platform uh, for us to talk. And no, your ISP is like the phone company, you dumb old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your I, it's, your ISP is the phone company. It's 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 like you're calling someone, and that's Twitter. Like, and then you're getting information from Twitter. Like, oh, you, this is this this <laughs> fucking stupid motherfucker. Sometimes your phone yeah, company and, and your ISP are the same company. When you when you libel someone on the on the phone or like let's say you defame someone on the phone, the other person on the line is going to hear you. It's not going to go out to like millions of people. You can't like if I if I were to call you, I can't add in another million people on the on the call. <laughs> Right, and if I broadcast that without your permission, I've committed a crime. Yep. <laughs> now, is YouTube and, and Twitter more like that, or are they more like the New York Times that should be held accountable? And the problem is, you know... The they are more like the New York Times. They should be held accountable, yes, period. They, they publish one or two. They're vetted. Fact- we actually if have you a good- think that the New York Times has a responsibility to not post every letter to the editor that it gets then to a certain extent, you must agree that Twitter and Facebook have a responsibility to, to, uh, what do you call it? Moderate. Moderate their content. So we actually have a good compromise on this already. It's section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, in which it specifically says that these companies are not liable for what I say on their platform so long as they make an attempt to moderate the content on their platform. It's literally, again, there's a law about this. They figured out a while ago that like this, these companies weren't going to be able to grow or even exist 
without getting sued to death if they were going to have user-generated content. So actually, Section 230 isn't, it's not the worst piece of fucking law that ever happened because it's like, okay, you're not responsible for everything on here, but you got to do, you got to do some, you got to do, make it obvious, make, you know, make a good faith effort to moderate the content on here so that there's no everything. It's, you know, it's everything from copyright infringement to incitement to violence to like obvious defamation. Like it's, it's written into the law. Michael, go read section 230. It's short and it's actually, it's easy to understand and it's good legislation. Michael, go read it. He would probably agree with it if he read it. And so on. Uh, And they can be held accountable for that if somebody libels somebody else and harms them and there's damages because of this New York Times article about them. But what if they got submitted and published, I don't know, 100,000 op-eds a day? (laughs) How can they possibly uh, control that, fact check it, regulate it? They can't. Well, then they would fucking fall back on Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, you stupid motherfucker. So, but like they're not going to publish everything without checking anything. If they do that, then they should go out of business. If I can post literally anything on your platform, your platform should not exist. Right, and but that's what I'm saying. We have a law about that already. <laughs> it's it's a good law. Yep. <laughs> that what do you do about Facebook that you know or or Twitter where you you get something like 100,000 posts whatever it is a minute or an hour something just some an hour facebook only gets a hundred thousand posts an hour get the fuck out of here boomer do about that uh, it just seems an intractable problem hey constantine nope whatever that was nope if you what did we just watch uh, we didn't drops we've had over the last couple of weeks uh, and uh, it's interesting to watch the different sides of the political spectrum. You know, Francis and I are somewhere in the center, so we just sit mm. back and watch it. Oh, no, you're not. You're fucking not somewhere in the center. Get the fuck out of here. You're fucking reactionaries. <laughs> Shut the... You are fucking... Constantine might be somewhere in... The, or not, uh, uh, Non-Oliver may be somewhere in the center because he rarely says anything. Constantine, sir, we've seen you get interviewed by other people. I look at yeah. the right, like, uh, so to speak. People, people like him do this where they'll, they'll have like a couple views that they fall back on to, to call themselves in the center. It would, like, it would be like me saying I'm in the center because I like guns. Like, no, that doesn't make me in the center at all. I am very far left. Right. So uh, Constantine calling himself in the center is not quite equivalent, but like pretty close to me calling myself in the center. <laughs> right. In his case, he'd be like, I don't want to abolish the NHS. And I think safety nets should be strong. Those that would be his cent- That would be his cred to say that he's not a right winger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'd be say he'd say I'm for social programs. That would be his cred. And that he, he's like, and I don't say the N word on my show ever. <laughs> and i won't let you either michael no matter how many times you ask speak if there is such a thing and the right is like this is a massive conspiracy and on this particular issue i actually uh i lean towards not so much a i feel like uh there's there's something broken about someone who can you know who can sit themselves down and and look to their right and they see you know, a few hundred people and then look to their left and see most of humanity and go, I'm in the center. Particular issue. I actually, uh, I lean towards not so much a conspiracy, but 
these people were doing things they shouldn't have been doing. They were lying about what they were doing. That's my opinion. Uh, and they, th while the decisions, as you rightly say, are very difficult, uh, they did not quite live up to the standards that they claimed to be upholding, in my opinion. On mm -hmm. the other hand, the left is like, well, we, we knew this was going on. There's no problem. Mm -hmm. This is all just, you know, Elon trying to, trying to smear people and, and, and attack people that he's fired and whatever. Um, where do you come down? Is the Twitter files a big reveal or is it a damp squib? <laughs> yeah, so I, I have read it. Um, I would I've read it. That's not one thing, but whatever. I think we all knew that Twitter was pretty far left leaning. Wait, what? So on one hand, it would be like saying, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, Peter Thiel buys, no, let's use another example. George Soros buys Fox News and says, oh my God, I can't believe it. There's been a right leaning slant in favor of Republicans for all these years. Can you believe it? Everybody would be like, what are you crazy? Everybody so wait, so, so because Twitter took down revenge porn they are left-leaning so <clears throat> yeah that was one of the the problem with the twitter files and i did a whole episode on it was we did an episode on it here i don't, I don't think you were here um is that you were you just have to take elon's word for it that you've that the you know that you have to take elon and matt yeah. taibbi and barry <laughs> weiss's word for it that this is the information they were given and that they weren't like they weren't nothing was hidden from them and that they were um you know, that they were able to access everything that was going on in it, that they weren't just acting as stenographers for a fucking billionaire. And I don't, I don't take, I don't believe that. Right. Like they weren't like when, when I listened to that, it was an episode of that Sam Harris interviewed some of the people that, uh, that were involved in the Twitter files, including Barry Weiss. And they were like, Oh, we had to do this at, uh, we had to, we could only get this information on these laptops in Twitter that Elon was giving us access to. And sometimes we had to, you know, get uh, data dumps from them, you know, on our own computers at like m midnight or one in the morning. I'm like, data dumps weren't, weren't you, weren't you, didn't you just, uh, didn't you just say that you had access to all this stuff and now you're waiting for the, whoever's in charge of giving you this information to give you this information. That's why I don't, that's why I didn't give a fuck about it is because that they were just being told basically what to, what to publish by Elon yep. Musk. And so <clears throat> And some of what they published was like when they sh talked about uh, taking Trump off of um, Twitter, it all seemed like it was all very thoughtful and people were like arguing inside of Twitter about what to do about it. People like the people on the trust and safety team were like arguing with each other. It all seemed like people were having a pretty robust discussion trying to do the right thing. Is Twitter left leaning? Well, I mean, as an organization, sure. But like, like what the, f it, it, it's it's in the South of market district of San Francisco. I don't think Twitter is left leaning as an organization. I think the people that work at Twitter for the most part were left leaning. Now I can't really say cause the people that are left at Twitter are. They fall into two categories, self-selecting group, uh, except for the people who are here on an H H one B. Yeah, true. Okay. Uh, but the, the but, but just yeah. the, just just why would you the why is it why is it any revelation that a company like in South of Market in San Francisco employed a bunch of liberals like you know what I'm saying <laughs> that was this whole the whole Twitter file thing was hella stupid because there was nobody like fact checking any of it you know what I'm saying like there was it wasn't like given to like the Intercept or to the New York Times or to 
I don't know, to like Bellingcat or to some like investigative journalist organization. It was just given to fucking Substack weirdos and like in like yeah. ID, IDW and, adjacent grifters. And like Matt Taibbi himself uh, said in an interview on Joe Rogan like a, a few years prior that like as soon as you're starting to get handed stuff to to release, like you're he essentially said you're just not an honest actor at that point. Right. And that, but then he like literally admitted when he, I forget when he, yeah, when he was talking to uh, Mehdi Hassan that he was just being handed stuff by Elon Musk yep. to release. Hey, man, the money, money must be the money. Yeah, watch it for five yep. minutes and not realize it's a total right. Uh, apparently, Matt Taibbi's ethics have a price and Elon Musk found it. Like, what are you crazy? Everybody knows that. You can't watch it for five minutes and not realize it's a total right leaning GOP. Uh, but Michael, there's a difference, though. No one's been gaslighting the public for years, claiming Fox News is a left of center publication. Bullshit. They fucking their whole thing was fair and balanced. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with true. Twitter, the argument they had it was, trademarked. Oh, we're not left of center publication. Whereas well, with true. Twitter, <laughs> the argument was, oh, no, we're not shadow banning anyone except they were. Oh, no, the decision to ban Donald Trump wasn't made because of personal animosity. Yet we find out that you're Roth. One of the major executives had said mm -hmm. the, the, the Nazis were in the White House three years earlier. So <laughs> the, the, we were the problem, Constantine, is that Yoel Roth was not one of the people advocating to ban Donald Trump inside of Twitter, Constantine. If you would have actually read the, tw the Twitter files, the, you, it was very clear that Yoel Roth wasn't one of the people in there advocating to ban him. He's read the Twitter files. He didn't lie just now. He heavily implied. Um, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's would be lying through omission. Being told one thing, and then we find out, actually, yes, I agree with you. I was not surprised to find out that what Twitter had been saying for years was a lie. However, they were saying it wasn't a lie, and now we know and have evidence that it was a lie. I think that's quite significant, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So to be fair, Fox News did drop its fair and balanced line that it used to use and pretending to be neutral. They've given that up. If Twitter did that, if they just said publicly years ago, you know what, we, you know, we're a left leaning liberal platform, have at it. That mm -hmm. would be acceptable because then everybody knows. So, yeah, I agree with you that the the deception involved, you know, we are politically neutral when the Twitter threads so far no they didn't i don't think twitter ever made the claim that they were politically neutral i think they their claim was that their their decision to ban trump was based on his behavior and repeated violations of the terms of service yeah like if anyone else had violated the terms of service like trump did they would have been banned years prior right like and the fact that trump wasn't banned until he caused uh, a riot at the Capitol is like, like that is proof that Twitter was treating him with kid gloves. And the, and their, their reasoning, which d wasn't, I didn't entirely disagree with it. They're like, that's the president of the United States. It's newsworthy when, when the president of the United States says something. So we're not going to ban the president. I, I don't, I don't like it, but I, I could, I could understand. And that was their line up until they banned him. And that was because he'd already lost the election. And by all accounts, he caused an insurrection. And so they were like, well, you know, time to go, buddy. 
Yeah, like they <laughs> they banned him like what ten days before he became a citizen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show that they're not politically neutral. Although, again, I followed all those threads. I read them all. It, you know, it's they're little snippets. It would be it would be nice to see those documents in more context. Sure. You know, oh like, yeah, but that's the thing is that's you dumb motherfucker. As a skeptic, that should have been the first thing that you said. You should have been like, hey, um, I actually feel like we're probably missing a lot of context here because these were handpicked people by the incoming CEO who had a bone to pick with the old uh, the old powers that be there. So I, I'd like to see a little bit more of this before I make up my mind about any of this. But yeah, instead, he front loaded and said he front wing and said he front loaded his conspiracy theory about it. His conspiracy. Yeah, like this. This was after he, he told everyone to vote Republican. Like he's demonstrably right wing. He calls himself or he, he claims that he's not right wing. He said he didn't want to get into politics. And then he said on the platform, everybody go vote for Republicans. <laughs> like a nice 10,000 word investigative piece in the New Yorker or something like that, that you get where you see everything. And, you know, who was this guy again? And how long had he been there? And how many documents were there? You know, we get one document, but how many documents mm -hmm. were there? Is this one out of a hundred that's an anomaly and the rest are pretty neutral or is this a trend? You know, we just haven't seen the larger context. So at the moment, I think I agree with you that Twitter as a public square where everybody can have their say and is neutral uh, was not the case. And, and so that would be a kind of conspiracy back to, to my definition of conspiracy, two or more people plotting in secret to do something to a third party or somebody else illegally or immorally. Um, that would be the case. They, their lies that, you know, we are a politically neutral platform, at, at, but secretly behind the scenes. When do you, <clears throat> he's like saying that Twitter was running around saying that they're a politically neutral platform. I don't think I ever heard the claim being made that Twitter was a politically neutral platform. I think they said that they have terms of service and they try to treat everybody fairly according to their terms of service. But I think that's different than being a, saying they're a politically neutral platform. Yeah, I think uh, the like they they claim that they don't ban people over politics, and that's true. They don't. Well, they they might now, but they didn't back then. It was over behavior. Yeah, and a lot of times the behaviors that ran afoul of the terms of service that you agree to but don't read, like like every other website, uh, oftentimes were uh, far right people. And uh, conspiracy theorists. Those are the people that would run afoul of the terms over and over and over and over again. And people like me, because I'm an asshole. Yeah, like if their terms are don't use the N-word, and it is your idea that like using the N-word, like calling black people the N-word is part of your politics, then you're going to have the impression that you're being banned over your politics. But I think most people would say that that is not political and it's using a derogatory <clears throat> term towards a, a minority. That's not political. That's part of their TOS. <sighs> if they would have just, if from the jump, the platforms would have just, if when people like, man, man, you ban people, man, man, they'd be like, yeah, we did. I don't care what you have to say about it. Like I, if they, if I just wish that one of them from the jump would have just been like, stop whining. You're not welcome on my fucking website. Like, just one of them would have done that. It would have changed the world. <laughs> yep.
means they're shadow banning people and so that would be a conspiracy. you know what it's tom it's tom failed us he could have done that he could have brought the ban hammer down on myspace also was michael when you see how people reacted around the world to donald trump being banned i understand in america by you know january the 6th or the 8th of 2021 there was quite a lot of people who who were quite happy to see Donald Trump go off every platform. What what happened between like January? What what happened on one of those dates, Constantine? <laughs> it's yeah, if, like it's as if it, it's, it's as if some historical event that will be written about in the history books for thousands of years occurred in that time frame, and that many people believe that the president and his uh co cohort his his cohort uh made it happen in part through their use of social media. Yep. Yeah. And it was definitely on purpose. I mean, you know, Trump saying like, take the mags down. They're not here to shoot me or they're not here to hurt me. Like, I don't know how much more clear he could have made it. Like he was trying to load them like a gun, aim them at the, at the Capitol and pull the trigger and they didn't particularly care if it was right or balanced or whatever and i don't i don't agree but i understand i understand that's yeah. how heated the moment was but when you see president macron angela merkel uh, alexei navalny the opposition leader in russia these are not exactly massive trumpists and trump <laughs> fans all going whoa 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 you've right. gone too far here you know right. i i thought that Did they was do a that? really significant I don't know. moment uh, and you know, seeing right. don't remember them doing that. <laughs> I think the the general sentiment the end, was about fucking time. Yeah, I don't, I I don't know anything like that's the. Then I think the point of the claim that he made is that people don't know what Angela Merkel's response to the uh, to that was, right? Yeah. Made a decision which I just thought was catastrophic and. What we now know from the Twitter files is that that decision was not made on the basis of they he broke the rules. It was made on the basis of well, we got to do something about this guy. Let's make it up as we go along. Mm -hmm. Surely that's yeah, but like, that's I, the opposite of what the Twitter files said. And like, hold on, let's say that what Constantine is saying here is true, right? Let's just say that what he's saying is true. Do you write your terms of service to include things like? Attempted to overthrow government? <laughs> like, do you put that in your terms of service or do you assume that that's like not that you're probably not going to have to worry about that? <laughs> like, Yeah. Like if you come up on a fence and there's a sign on the fence that says, don't put your penis in this fence. It's safe to assume that someone put their penis in the fence. Right. The, they the, weren't just being precautionary. <laughs> right. The terms of service only exist because of the shit that they saw other people doing before on either on other platforms <laughs> or on Twitter. And in, in the past, nobody <laughs> used social media to attempt to to attempt to prevent the peaceful transition of power from one president to another. So yeah, that's not going to be in the fucking terms of service. That doesn't mean that you, that doesn't mean <laughs> that you're not right to kick a motherfucker off your website if they use it to do that. Like <laughs> yeah, there's there is actually uh, a line in pretty much all terms of service that says we can change the terms of service anytime we want, and your continued use of our service 
counts as you agreeing to the terms of service. Right. And I think there's probably language in there to say that, like, that it's, that it's retroactive as well. Like any future changes are retroactive on uh, previous content or whatever. Uh, usually it's like, we can ban you at our discretion. Yeah. And it, 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 that's, and, but that's, that's because, and as a libertarian, Michael, Michael Shermer should understand property laws, right? Cause all the, all the Twitter <laughs> is, is like in, in essence, it's property, right? It's somebody's servers or somebody's the time somebody rented on somebody else's servers. I think Twitter is one of the few that actually has their own data center, um, which is why that keeps breaking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you would think that as a libertarian, Michael Shermer would understand it. They were as a libertarian might say, they said to Donald Trump, hippity hoppity, get off of my property. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, and every fucking, other, all of them did it. And probably pressure from advertisers played a little something, something into this too. Probably. Does Twitter have advertisers anymore? Uh, like crypto scams and gold. Yeah. Uh, boner pills okay. too. <laughs> Be a concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, one of the reasons Barry Weiss said she left the New York times was because she was just tired of, she was working in the uh, opinion editorial department, you know, just do we need another, you know, the 967th op-ed piece against Donald Trump? You know, oh, that's not why she said she left Mr. Shermer. Oh, Mr. Shermer. No, no, no. She went on Twitter and told everybody that she was subject to endless and oftentimes anti-Semitic harassment in the company's Slack. And um, when asked for evidence of that, all of a sudden she stopped saying that. And then the outgoing CEO of the New York Times went on Peter Kafka's show. That's a Recode Media. Great, great tech and business podcast. Don't always agree with Peter Kafka, but whatever. He has good, gets good guests. He asked the outgoing CEO of the New York Times exactly that. And the outgoing CEO said, hey, we take that kind of thing pretty seriously around here, being that we're from New York. And I'm paraphrasing the guy, but being that we're from New York, there's a lot of Jewish people that work here. Um, you know, when we're not an anti-Semitic organization. And he, he goes, you know, we asked her to give, tell us where it happened. And then we searched through the servers for this stuff and we didn't find it. And it, you know, if you're on the company Slack, did you know that your DMs aren't private? That they can go look through your DMs. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it turns out uh, your DMs are never private, by the way. Right, but they're even less private if you're on like a company's Slack server. Yep, because they they can just query them because you're on their Slack server. So it turns out everybody that she quit <clears throat> she quit the New York Times because everybody was mean tweeting her about the dumb shit she was writing. So good job, everybody. Unfortunately, she's making a lot more money now. And but these two dopes over here know that she made that claim and they're not going to ask about it. Nobody asks about it. I ask about it. And then people are like, what are you talking about? And then I point them to a clip and they're like, oh, well, why, why would you believe the New York Times outgoing CEO? And I'm like, well, why do you believe Barry Weiss? <laughs> but again, I guess you would say, yep. and you'd probably be right. The New York Times is clearly left leaning, at least in their opinion mm-hmm. section. That's the whole point. Just like the Wall Street Journal, if you want to read a good skeptical uh, skeptics of con- uh, climate change, read the, the New York Times is center left. Yes. Lomborg pretty much every month where he, you know, he, he pushes back against, you know, the number of forest fires and the number of tornadoes or, you know, the greenhouse gases. Causing- did he just call it a skeptic of climate change? He did. He said, you want to read a good skeptic <laughs> of climate change? Skepticism is show me the money. It isn't just no. That's denialism. Yeah, that's, that. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, at this point, if you are skeptical of climate change, you are a climate change denier. You could be skeptical of the findings of this study or that study, and that that's what peer reviews for. I hope you know it doesn't matter. Like if you, you just because you did a climate change study that says this is the result of climate change, I would hope if your studies, if your shit sucks, that they rip you apart in peer review. But that just means that your shit sucked. It doesn't mean that the consensus is wrong, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it'd be like being skeptical of air. Like, well, I've never seen it. That and, okay. but but you kind of know that ahead of time, right? You 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 get the New York Times because you like the left leaning op ed section or the Wall Street Journal for the opposite. Uh, but with Twitter, that's not the case. Wait, what? Again, it's it's probably a, a one off special thing. Why aren't there six Twitters, <laughs> the equivalent mm -hmm. of that, to compete with each other in a free market way? Why can't Peter Thiel say start a new Twitter? Or, of course, Elon just bought that. Let's see what happens. But why aren't there you know three of them? Yeah, and it's an interesting problem. Uh, and and so they kind of are. I mean, Twitter's not like unique as a social network. Uh, like Facebook exists, Instagram exists. There are three. Those are the big three. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and if you want more, there there are more like Reddit, Tumblr, YouTube, uh, Pinterest. Yeah, YouTube's social too in a lot of ways. Yeah, YouTube. Uh, like. Just because they're not microblogging platforms doesn't mean they don't compete with Twitter. Yeah, Facebook and Twitter, obviously, like they're competing for the same eyeballs a lot of the time. Yep. Please, Michael, that's why. Yes. No one yeah. wants to use yeah. the fourth best Twitter in the world. I mean, look at <laughs> right. Parler, look at right. Mastodon, look at Truth. No one wants to go on there, left no. or right, because you. No, I'm on Mastodon like every day. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's a problem, and it's just, but it's that's the case all over the. I mean, how many search engines are there? Really, just Google. I mean, there's Bing, and Yahoo, that's whatever. not true at all. There are a lot of search how engines. Many diaper companies are there? Two, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just how many smartphone companies are there? What three? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's just the way it this goes. guy is there's, stupid. You know, well, you could say that there's. I mean, <clears throat> it's also this is also very U.S. centric, right? Like. In other countries, there are like in Europe, Google isn't as dominant as they are here because of regulation that the EU has like laid down on just on everything from phone manufacturers to like uh, what, even web browsers. They've so it's not, <clears throat> you know, regulation can help this stuff. But uh, one could argue that, you know, for like from the US centric point of view, really, there's two phone manufacturers, it's Apple and Samsung. That's most people that covers most phone purchases it just does yeah uh but i mean that doesn't mean there aren't alternatives that just means those are the two most popular yeah and but that's i mean that's what he's saying here too is that well no he's 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 actually saying that twitter there's no competition to twitter because he thinks that because facebook is slightly different in format and um it's basically in format and the way it functions that it's not a competitor to Twitter, but that's just incorrect. Yeah. Facebook and Facebook is Twitter's biggest competition. Kind of a market head start. <laughs> you end up uh, a, a Pareto distribution. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even really call Twitter com competition to Facebook. Like if you look at the users, like Twitter has like what? A hundred million users. Twitter, Facebook, has Facebook like, has more daily active users in the U.S. than Twitter has all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is for Twitter, Facebook is their biggest competition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The car doesn't necessarily go the other way.
for Facebook, yeah. the biggest competition to them is probably, oh, it's Google. It's, uh, it's, uh, the, uh, alphabet enterprise and all their different ad offerings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Power we're, we're kind of forgetting. These are all just ad companies. Percent of the products, you know, generate 90% of the revenue or, you know, even worse, or, you know, just take podcast platforms, you know, like two, probably 1% of the podcasters have 99% of the audience. It, it's just the way it goes, I guess. And I we guess are in the top 1% this year, according to our <laughs> Spotify. All right. Well, that's fucking as good. I mean, we're, we're up against it here on that hour and a half. So <clears throat> uh, a couple takeaways here. One, congratulations, Michael Shermer. You didn't no slurs. Good job. <laughs> not even four yes. or five slurs this time hey good job good job michael i think it might be because they sent him a thing they're like listen we saw okay so we didn't we don't watch your show but we do monitor the one that one guy uh because he knows about constantine's <laughs> laugh track <laughs> listen we don't want to have to end our interview with you for the same reason that that guy who we've totally never heard of but we both somehow blocked before he ever interacted with us <laughs> um on twitter uh we don't want to have to do that to you so so good that's my first takeaway is that the michael Shermer did not say the n-word so that's really good but <clears throat> they didn't even really talk about conspiracism um they talked about this is this was like culture war grievance shit but to be fair we only got mm -hmm. 28 minutes <clears throat> into an hour three and to be unfair to ourselves and our live audience and the patrons, I think we're going to probably have to continue this when we get to the other side here, that evil, <laughs> evil paywall. But since we're continuing this on over, uh, HK, what do you think about maybe making this one a freebie? Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe letting everybody grab the, uh, the, 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 the full video. Any, anytime you want to make one a freebie, I'm all for it. So we'll make this one a freebie, everybody. So if you're listening on the podcast, <clears throat> head on over to patreon.com slash echoplex. You'll just be able to find this. It'll say intellectual dollar tree live 531 2023. I know we have the numbers in the wrong order because we're from America. Um, <laughs> but so but yeah, my first takeaway is they didn't really talk about conspiracism much and that it was <clears throat> um, a lot of culture war stuff but my other thing is th when they talked about the twitter files he like front loaded the th the thing that he should have put after he said well hey you know we were missing a lot of context he put that kind of late into his analysis my analysis of the twitter files is this we don't even know what was given to barry weiss matt taibbi and that one dude who hates san francisco i forget his name uh, schellenberger um <clears throat> and then of what of we don't know what was given to them all we know is what they chose to tell us about and we don't even really know like if they've edited that in some way to make it even more deceptive we don't know how much access they were actually given and we don't know we don't know shit we probably know well, less we do know that we do know that Elon has a vested interest in making Twitter look left leaning and bad at least before he got there yeah <clears throat> so you know, we, we don't really know anything except that this would be exactly what we expect if there's, you know, if the whole picture looked fine. So, yeah, <clears throat> but we've a couple times done episodes where Michael Shermer talks about conspiracism and his, the way he thinks about conspiracism is just outdated it's very 9-11 truther like ufo shit like that's before 
the virality of social media may, was weaponized by grifters and well, a lot of grifters actually grifters and sort of people I would go out on a limb and call domestic terrorists, I guess. And mm-hmm. so stochastic terrorists and, and that's fine. It's fine to have an outdated view of it, but maybe he should, maybe he should have some conversations with people who were like in the shit dealing with it. Now, the problem is at least for Shermer is none of those people want to talk to him. Right. Because it's going to, it would be like the QAnon anonymous people. And they're like, why would we talk to you? You're an asshole. Or, you know, like, um, Will Summer, who uh, just retired from the daily beast to move on to, I believe the Washington post isn't going to go talk to Shermer about this stuff. Zach Patrizio of the daily beast probably isn't going to go talk to him. These are all, these are all the people on the dystopia beat now covering conspiracism and because conspiracism specifically during the pandemic, but before that too, even QAnon, it started to lean pretty hard to the right. Like it started leaning real hard to the right. I think, I think Pizzagate QAnon started that shift where it became partisan, right? Like before that, like when, before Pizzagate and stuff, chemtrails, you kind of didn't know what somebody's politics were going to be if they believed in chemtrails, right? They probably would be less <laughs> likely to vote, but they might tend, they might be, they might be liberal. They might be conservative. They might be apolitical. They just fucking are stupid and don't know how a jet engine works. You know, a jet engine works. Flat earth was a lot mm. of like religious people, but most Democrats are religious people. So that, you know what I mean? That doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, nine eleven truth yep. might've even like at the very beginning might've leaned pretty hard to the left. Anti-vax was associated with the left, even though I think that was probably incorrect. It probably ran the spectrum from like crunchy granola to libertarian, even to enlightened centrism. But I think that, I think that the sort of weaponization of conspiracism to be kind of aimed at liberals like Pizzagate and uh, QAnon were designed to tell you that your political opponents, you being a conservative, I don't know why a conservative would listen to this show, but you know, whatever, we'll take that. We'll take the metrics, but that you being a conservative, your political opponents aren't only wrong. They're hiding babies in a basement. Yeah. They're not only wrong. They're evil. They're, they're the most evil. They're blood libel. It's blood libel evil. Yeah. And, um, you know, prior to that, we had the satanic panic, but they were aiming that at like, kind of gothy like witchy people and that was sort of apolitical to some extent though driven by um right-wing christians that their targets weren't they weren't telling you that their targets were liberals and now we have a queer panic well it's not, it's i mean it's it's not new i suppose but it's uh got a you know a lot more fuel than it, than it had uh, has had recently and it's telling telling you that now i'm the one hurting your children and HK by you appearing on this show and being supportive of uh, uh, gay rights that you also are uh, in favor of hurting children. What if a child sees my pink blahai? How could they possibly understand that? You know what? I, I this is there's a, a warning on this channel. Uh, this everybody. This has been the Intellectual <laughs> Dollar Tree. It's not for your children. HK, you want to read the show out? <laughs> HK, you want to read the show out? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you didn't catch us live, you can always do that on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific. We're live on twitch.tv slash Media. If you want to check out our other shows, you can check out echoplexmedia.com. And there are two different ways to support us. You can do it on eplex.store and you can do it on patreon.com slash echoplex. 
If you're listening live, stick around after the song where we'll be back for red light when we turn all the lights red and we uh, continue this video, unfortunately. But I promise we'll have better content later. Uh, this is Boomers by Periscope.
Sunday, 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 right here on twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. It's the Plex, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific and on into red light. We have the worst news in the week that no one else will cover. The Plex has it all. Conspiracy, right-wing nut jobs, Christian extremism, and Madison Star Moon. Tune in every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media and find our full schedule at Echoplex Media dot com.